Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Nadia Essex. I'm best known for giving out dating advice to celebrities. And when it comes to dating relationships, I know my stuff. However, life has thrown me the ultimate curveball. I'm pregnant and I don't have a clue what I'm doing. Now, instead of dishing out the advice, darlings, I need your help. So whether you're a mum-to-be like me or already super mum of the year, we are all in this together. Welcome to the Clueless Mum Podcast. Well, darlings, it has been a mammoth week. I have officially had the gender reveal and I can confirm that all three psychics in a row were correct. I'm having a boy. <laughs> oh, gosh. Now, it came as a surprise. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I was absolutely convinced that I was having a girl. I was prepared for a girl. I wanted a girl, as everybody knows. And I'm really, really, really grateful, actually, because without the three psychics telling me that it was a boy, I probably would have burst into tears, if I'm honest, um, when it was revealed it was a boy. But because three psychics in a row told me it was a boy, I had time to get used to it. Two days before I went to the Sally Morgan podcast launch and straight away she sort of, we had a picture and she touched my bum and she was like, I think you're having a boy. And I will be 100% honest with you guys because there's no point in lying. I went home that night and I sobbed. And I sobbed and I sobbed and I sobbed. I let myself sob because I genuinely thought I was going to have a girl. I wanted a girl more than anything else, obviously more than a boy. And I I just cried. I was, you know, I kind of mourned. I know it sounds completely ridiculous, but I was mourning the loss of my girl, even though it was never a girl. Obviously, in the beginning, it was a girl, but then she got the extra chromosome and grew a willy. And I I found it really difficult because I was so... I, I For some reason, and I'm working with my therapist to, to work out why, I imagine boys to be a lot harder. I imagine it to be a lot more difficult. And I think in general, my pregnancy has been fairly tough with all the horrible sickness and illnesses and awful things that have happened to me on top of that to then find out I have a boy which would I think makes it harder it was sad and I was sad however I have now gotten used to it because you do you know you can't change it um and I have started to do research on fun boy stuff I've started to research like boys' clothings and cute little tracksuits and in general just get excited about boy stuff. I've been thinking about boys' names. I had a girl's name set in stone and I didn't have a clue about any boys' names so I've been getting excited about all the fun boys' names that are out there. Naming your child is extremely difficult. I'm also the type of person as well that when you tell me a name... If I know somebody with that name, 
it's veto off the table. A lot of people have said, you know, the Elijahs of the world, gorgeous, but no. Everyone talks, everyone says, name the child after them. I've had lots of Johnnies, lots of Lewises. No, 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 no. Um, I need something that doesn't remind me of another human being, which is going to be quite difficult because I'm not a fan of the whole, like, apple situation either. You know, I want something kind of unusual, but, you know, one has to be prepared that kids can be mean and they can get bullied over their names. So I'm not going to choose a fruit, but I've definitely got my head around the fact that I'm having a boy. I'm growing a little penis inside of me, which is the weirdest feeling. He is, of course, he's a boy. He is wriggly he is stubborn he is kicking me all up and down my vagina and my bladder um he comes alive at night just when I think about how he behaves in my tummy it's like yeah he's so a boy and I think I've got I was saying the other day on Instagram I think he'll either be a footballer or like my own little Billy Elliot Someone said to him on Instagram, well, actually, he's in water, so he'll probably be a swimmer. And I was like, yeah, that would be quite cool. So again, I'm thinking about all the sort of, I know it's cliche and stereotypical, and I realise that these days when you've got sort of gender neutral, non-binary, 100 different genders in the world, me sort of being very sort of cliche about boy stuff is un-PC, but I really like it. And I love like thinking about fun boy things to do with my baby boy. That if he wants to do fun girl things, then I will be fully prepared to partake. And look, darlings, however he chooses to identify, I will be there to support him 100%. But it is fun to be like, yes, I can dress him up in little tracksuits and make him look cool with little trainers. I'm not really into the flat cap vibe. Yeah, I'm not a Peaky Blinders type of gal. I'm more of a sort of, I don't know, people might might say chavvy. But I think if you're not chavvy, then you can get away with it. And I don't think I'm chavvy. So I like the matching tracksuits. I like the personalised outerwear. I like the cool funky trainers, the little Timberland boots and like cool stuff like that. But it did take me a couple of days to get my head around um, I don't know if anyone can relate to that. A lot of people message me on Instagram and say that they also had gender disappointment, which is a actual thing. Um, did you have gender disappointment? I definitely did. Uh, I'm now over it and I now know that I'm getting excited and will love my child regardless. But I really think it's important that we talk about things that are real and don't shame women for wanting or preferring a certain gender because you can't help how you feel. So I'm having a boy. It's very weird to be like baby boy Essex. It's such a strange thing. But it's very exciting. And I'm now like fully on board, like bring on the boys. Also this week, I have been contending with a house move. I have been living in my friend's walk-in wardrobe for the past three months. I didn't know that when I moved in there I was pregnant and obviously when I found out I was pregnant I was like okay I need to find my own place 
It was a very stressful process. I got turned down by at least two agencies for two different flats because I was pregnant. Apparently, we still live in the 1950s, where if you don't have a significant other, then you are seen as an undesirable, as a pregnant single woman, which is always nice when you're going through lots of hormones and you are feeling a certain type of way to have a misogynistic landlord say no because of your pregnancy. It feels a bit crap. It really did. And I cried a lot. It was a very long, stressful process. Alas, I found somewhere to live. Thank God. Finally found somewhere to live. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I don't know if any of you have been pregnant and try to find somewhere to live. It's not easy. And the move itself was actually very stressful. I thought it was going to be really easy. I hired like, you know, a man with a van or two men with a van. I thought they'll do all the heavy lifting. And I thought, oh, it's going to be simple and a breeze. And actually it was a really stressful process. On top of me having carpal tunnel syndrome in both of my wrists because of my pregnancy. So I am in constant pain. It. I wake up in the morning And because the move has been stressful and I've had to sort of dig in myself, every single morning I wake up and I actually can't move my wrists for about 20 minutes until I start moving them against the pain and sort of moving them. And I know that when you're pregnant, there's certain paracetamols and neurofens and things you can't take. So I'm desperately trying not to take any pain relief. But I have just ordered some splints from eBay um, because apparently that will really help If I sleep in the splints, then I should in theory wake up and not have that 20 minute pain. But obviously because I've been heavy lifting, I've been moving and actually on moving day, I actually did start to get pain in my tummy. And so I had to sort of take a a minute and sit down. It was a pain that I had never felt before. So I was slightly worried, but it was in the sort of top part of my tummy. So I was like, okay, that's probably, hopefully not the baby. Um, but I have a wonderful midwife that lives around the corner from me who is there in any emergency. So I just sat down for like half an hour, had a cup of tea and the pain went away, thank goodness. But it's a lot, you know, it's a lot to deal with. The, the, the emotional stress of it on top of the physical stress. I'm not a physically active person anyway. If you know me, you'll know that. Moving a lot of stuff into the second floor of a flat was quite stressful and it's taken me uh, three days and I'm still not nearly unpacked but I have to give myself a break because I'm here I'm in a new place and I am so excited because I finally get to start nesting I don't know if you guys found that you nested early in your pregnancy or waited to the end but I didn't know the term nesting until I got pregnant and I tell you what I've moved in and I'm like I cannot wait to start nesting I I'm writing lists I'm getting excited about all the things that I can buy and all the storage solutions I've even kept a sort of space in my wardrobe free for like baby clothes I am fully what's the word for bridezilla but for pregnant people, what would you call it? Mumzilla? Pregnantzilla? Babyzilla? 
well, all of the above anyway, I feel like there's a possibility that I could turn into like babyzilla. Well, well, that's the baby. I'm probably pregnantzilla because I'm so excited and I'm really like, this for me is like the fun starting to begin. Um, but I'm only 20, 22 weeks. So I've got a hell of a long way to go. <laughs> but it's exciting times. And I think moving helped me also get over the sort of, get over the gender because I'm now really excited and I'm excited to for this new chapter to really and truly begin. This podcast is sponsored by Chris Riley, celebrity psychic medium. He's currently offering one-on-one readings and you can follow him on Facebook and Instagram at Chris Riley Medium. He gave me a little reading which you might be hearing in a future episode and I'm sending all of my friends to his Facebook page because I think he's just fabulous. Here's a question. Have any of you darlings ever suffered with mummy-to-be guilt? Now, I know there's mummy guilt. We hear about it all the time. It's quite a common concept. But no one's really talking about the mummy-to-be guilt. I have had it quite a lot during my pregnancy. I only found out I was pregnant quite late on, sort of nearly 10-ish weeks. And then from then on, it was kind of a constant battle of mummy-to-be guilt. I was extremely poorly in the first part of my pregnancy and I think there was about a week at around 12 weeks that I lived on Jacob's dry cream crackers and Murray mints and I remember feeling horrific because I knew that my baby wasn't getting any nutrients but I physically just couldn't keep anything down. I couldn't I couldn't f- bring myself to eat anything and so I had to just level with myself and have a conversation with myself and say you know what you have to do what's best for you right now and the crackers and the mints well what was best for me at that point I also around food has actually been (laughs) quite quite guilty for me pre-pregnancy I was a vegetarian I was a proud vegetarian um, I, abs- I I like meat. I do. I, oh, I liked meat. But I, for moral reasons, for ethical reasons, and just the more and more documentaries that I watched about food, the more it just made sense to not eat meat. You know, I'm, it just made sense in my brain. However, since I've been pregnant, all the baby wants is meat which has been very tough for me, again, to deal with because I'd kind of just got my head around to the fact that, you know, I was eating very mindfully. So when I was eating, I wouldn't choose a bacon sandwich because I would think about where that bacon was sourced and the fact that that animal had to die in a pretty horrific way for me to be able to eat that meat. So when I saw bacon, when I smelt bacon, I didn't want bacon. It put me off it, so I didn't want to eat it. However, the baby wanted, I remember, I think it was, it was about 16 weeks and all I could think about was a ham sandwich from Marks and Spencer. I tried everything for like 24 hours to like take my mind away from it and try and substitute it for like corn ham. I tried to give myself like sweet stuff or cake stuff and literally give myself anything else apart from a ham sandwich. 24 hours later, I woke up, 
all I could think about was a Marks and Spencer's ham sandwich. So I went and bought one. And honestly, it was the nicest thing I've ever put in my mouth. And so I had to learn, again, the hard way, that it's okay. Even though I didn't want to eat meat, this is what my body craved. Even though I didn't want to eat meat, it was something my body wanted. And I had to take a view that what my body wants is more important than my ethical sort of stance on things. My baby wanted clearly some sort of protein that maybe I wasn't getting in my vegetarian diet. And so I had to go back to eating meat. And so I have been eating meat. I am definitely looking forward to not being pregnant so I can go back to being a vegetarian because I'm still, when I think about meat, like even just now talking about bacon, I feel sick. It's gross because I've completely got myself into my brain where when you think about the process of how meat's made, it's just horrific. So I'm looking forward to going back to being mindful around food. But for now, I'm not going to feel guilty. I felt guilty because the only things I could eat were meat and sweet things. I've completely and utterly gone off vegetables, which is so strange because veg is yum and my favourite thing. But I, I have a very strong reflex. So if I put something in my mouth and the baby doesn't like it, I can't swallow it. I'm, nope, baby doesn't like it, get it out of my mouth. And I'm doing that a lot with vegetables at the moment. So again, I feel guilty because I'm choosing a chicken over quinoa salad. But I, you know, I just have to remember that my my body knows what it wants. I have to trust my body. It knows what it wants. The baby knows what it wants. It knows what it needs. And so I have to listen to my body. This is the primeval fundamental things that make us human are our instincts. And my instincts are telling me these are the things I should be eating. The other thing that I feel extremely guilty about, and I have no doubt that I'm going to get absolutely crucified on social media admitting this point, is that I actually stopped taking folic acid probably about three or four weeks ago now. Um, I have definitely noticed a difference in my nausea since stopping taking it. I know that it's not the done thing. I, I know that it's not something that I probably should have done, but it's something that has helped me feel better and I have to feel better I could no longer continue for my own sanity being sick from the minute I woke up to the minute I went to bed and then feeling nauseous, having a phobia against being sick and then just having major anxiety, not being able to function. And I actually ran out of my folic acid tablets and I wasn't, I was poorly and I think it was like three days had passed and in those three days, I felt significantly better. One could argue that it's just timing. I mean, everyone kept saying to me, get past your first trimester and you'll stop feeling sick. 
didn't happen. Everyone said to me, get past 16 weeks and you'll stop feeling sick, you'll start to feel better. Didn't happen. I was still violently ill, 16, 17, 18 weeks. You kind of get used to it, but you still feel like death. And so I stopped taking my folic acid. It's out there. I'm going to speak to my midwife on my next appointment and see what she thinks. I definitely feel better for it. (sighs) Wince. I'm sure that's probably not the right thing to say and it makes me a terrible mother. But that's something I feel extremely guilty about because folic acid is something that they recommend that you should take for a year before you get pregnant. And then the whole time that you are baking baby. But I, I can't feel guilty about it. The last thing that I feel extremely guilty about, which I shouldn't, is how many people keep telling me when I talk about the fact that I feel poorly, when I talk about the fact that I had gender disappointment, people keep telling me how selfish I am, how lucky and grateful I should be, how all that matters is a happy, healthy baby, and that the horror stories of stop complaining about your pregnancy because I can't get pregnant. And so there's a lot of mummy-to-be guilt around other women and and fathers, other parents that want to be parents that can't be parents. It's a lot on your shoulders when all you're doing is trying to just be honest about how you feel about your pregnancy. I empathise how difficult it must be when you desperately want a baby and you can't conceive one. In fact, three people that I know in the first 16 weeks of me being pregnant lost their baby through IVF. They got pregnant through IVF and then lost their baby. The amount of guilt I felt about talking about me and my pregnancy in front of them was immense. The amount of guilt I feel talking openly about my feelings, that it's not all bells and whistles and happy, clappy fairy tales. And, you know, my pregnancy has been extremely tough. It has. I haven't done anything to deserve that. I haven't chosen a harder pregnancy. It's just the way my body has been. And I definitely feel guilty because people who can't get pregnant make me feel guilty. But I'm not going to take it on my shoulders. I empathise. I send my love to every single person on this planet that wants to have a child and can't. But I'm not going to stop talking about the real symptoms, the real take and the real truth about what it can be like to get pregnant. Everybody's pregnancy is different. Some people sail through. Some people love it. They enjoy it. Some people get pregnant not to have the baby just because they want to get pregnant again. You know, that's how much people like obsess and love being pregnant. And then there's other people like me that have really struggled and we're allowed to talk about it. It does not make you ungrateful if you don't have the perfect pregnancy. And lastly, what I wanted to say is that, yes, everybody will tell you all that matters is a happy, healthy baby. I call bullshit. Okay, that is not all that matters. Your mental health matters. Your frame of mind, how you feel matters. 
And it really gets my goat that when you have a baby inside of you, even before the baby's born, people are already negating you as a woman. You don't matter. All that matters is the baby, having a happy, healthy baby. That isn't all that matters. It matters. It's extremely important. It is what I wish upon every baby born, that they're happy and healthy. But it's not all that matters. You matter. We matter. And it's really important that you remember that you are still a woman. Your feelings are valid, whatever they may be, good, bad or ugly. And we are genuinely all in this together. And this is why I made this podcast. I want us to support each other. I want it to be a free, open community where we can all talk our truths. And it's really important that we all get heard. Next week, I'm going to be talking more about mental health and helping you guys go to your GP and get the support you need. I have been assigned a whole mental health team that will be with me up until after a year of baby being born. So I feel fully supported and you should be able to too. Tune in next week and I will tell you exactly what to say to your GP to get the support you need. Because if I can get it, then darling, so can you. Darlings, thank you for listening to the Clueless Mum podcast. Please let me know what you think by leaving a review on the Apple Podcast Store. And please subscribe because each week I'm getting closer to my due date and I'm scared. I need your support. This podcast is sponsored by Carrie Anne's Boutique, a wonderful baby business steeped in Spanish and traditional styles. Ages newborn and upwards with lots of knitted outfits, stunning dresses, luxury cosy toes for pram suit plus chairs and car seats, bags, shoes and shawls, all personally order picked and packed by Carrie Anne herself. All parcels are sent via Royal Mail and posted out within two to three working days. Find Carrie Anne's Boutique on Instagram, Facebook, or the website is www.carrieannesboutique.co.uk.